I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Well, hello, everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney for NPR, Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. I'm your host, Craig, joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Well, hello there. And Ms. Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. Brett, you you are like looking around the screen like something. looks wrong. so concerned. Are I'm you okay? To... I'm okay. I, I'm just having Tim Burton movie flashbacks so there might oh, be a little yes. crazy behavior here and then but it will be very artistic that's right it will be very artistic and um it will very much have its own sense of being much like a tim burton movie but mm-hmm. do you know we have some wonderful guests today as well and these we are people that it's funny because i was messaging beforehand and i'm like i feel like you've been on the show before but they neither of them have but we're excited to welcome Jacqueline and Megan from I Think You're Gonna Like This Podcast. So nice to have you ladies here. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I was on their show not too long ago, and that was a whole lot of fun. Brett, I know you've been on their show too. Vanessa, yes. they don't like you, so that's why you <laughs> haven't They're been just on. trying to balance out the estrogen. If I come in, it'll be like the atomic bomb of estrogen, it's so true. that's oh, that why. Would be good. It's I fine. <laughs> I think that's only fair. I mean, they asked me first, Brandon and me. Oh, well, oh. you know. Well, yes, well. Well, um, that, you must have a lot of testosterone. Good for you guys. You're hormonally well, balanced. Because when I think Brett Rutherford, I make a lot of testosterone. <laughs> and, I'm not going to oh, say and No, no. Okay. Okay. So it's after nine o'clock. So the gloves are off, baby. So just beware. As I record after nine o'clock, this. don't even. But this you know, I love you so much. This is the episode. banter part, right? This is the fun part. I just got it. I just have to take it in the spirit in which it was given. Nothing but hate. Anyway, just kidding. It's not. See, I tell you, it's after nine o'clock. You just need to shut me up. I'll try to. I really will. So Jacqueline, I'm going to go to you first. This okay. being your first time, I know you've been on other Front Row Network shows, but the first time on Beyond the Mouse, we have to ask you, what's your favorite film? And then also, what is your favorite Disney film? Okay, so when you asked me this before, on the other time that I was on, I said That's true, because I guess technically (laughs) you've been on before because you were on our Black Widow, full disclosure. So for our listeners that might have skipped over the Marvel content that we had, (laughs) uh, you can either change your answers or you can (laughs) say the same. Well, I'm going to change it only because I have another favorite. And if I don't have to pick one singular one, I'm not going to. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fine. So initially, I, I will tell you, initially I did pick Hercules and the other one. This time I'm going to pick the Aristocats. <laughs> And it's going to qualify as both. Nice. So you like all the Marie that's going on in the parks right now? Yes. Oh, a rinky dinky dinky. That's my favorite part. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Everybody wants to be a cat for sure. Megan, how about you? Give me your, either your favorite movie of all time and then also your favorite Disney film. Well, my favorite movie of all time is Almost Famous. I love that movie. It also has like significance to my life now because my husband and I said I love you for the first time while watching that movie. Oh, so. that's nice. Yeah. That's very nice. But my favorite Disney movie, which is such a hard question, but my ultimate favorite Disney movie is Cinderella with Tangled like very very close second. Good. Oh yeah. That's that's, a, good a, that's excellent. Have a classic and a newer. So that that mm-hmm. all works. That all works. Absolutely. But we're here today to talk about 
one of the most definitive and not at all controversial Halloween movies in the Disney archive because people haven't been arguing about whether this is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie since the dawn of time. So we're not going to do that today. We're going to talk about the wonderful Halloween film, Nightmare Before Christmas. And I know that we're all excited to dive into this film because it's something that became sort of a, a cult phenomenon, really, and ended up making lots more money than it was budgeted for and really launched. Obviously, Tim Burton had such a career before this. He made his mark in films like Batman, and he would go on to make so many amazing films for us in the 90s and then on up through today. But this animation, this kind of claymation style that he was able to bring to Nightmare Before Christmas is something that he's gone back to several times. And it has really become his own, really his own form of filmmaking in a way. Mm -hmm. What is that word? Okay. (laughs) You just said it again, but you didn't explain it. Um, It's a certain, it's like his style of filmmaking. Say the French. Say the French. Okay. Thank you. I I always like to learn on this Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go around and talk about our first impressions about this movie. Now, I do know that we have one of our guests is kind of a super fan of this (laughs) film. So Jacqueline, I think I'm going to let you go first uh, and get this out of the way. So I will say, even though I am slightly obsessed with this movie and my very first time watching it, I hated it. I watched it in my middle school band class and it was just a terrible time because it was middle school. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Everything was just a terrible time. And, well, and then like for some reason I got a headache like every time we would watch it because obviously we had to watch it in clips. And so I just associated this movie with getting a headache. Oops. <laughs> Couldn't watch you were it in your own nightmare. For a really long time. I was. Yeah. But then I watched it again after middle school and decided it was the best thing on the planet. <laughs> and have since become obsessed. It is a really fun film. And I'll tell you, I, I didn't, I remember seeing it when it had first come out and it was just so out there and weird. It really wasn't my thing. And then as it began to pick up steam, I would kind of go back and revisit it. But I don't know that I actually really got the movie or understood the movie until I was watching it with my son, because this is not only his favorite Halloween movie, this is also his favorite Martin Luther King Day movie. It's also his favorite Arbor Day movie. <laughs> Um, it's his favorite Memorial Day movie on through every holiday he can watch this film and enjoy it so he I've probably seen this film maybe more than any other movie we've discussed because he absolutely loves Nightmare Before Christmas and so I kind of I think it's the the spooky nature of it it's it's just fun and spooky enough to where he feels like it's exciting to watch and then also it's just got kind of a nice story with these great characters and so I've really come to enjoy the film considerably more than I did when I first started with it much like you Jacqueline but Megan tell us your first impressions of the film and what your thoughts are uh, as we start this discussion. Well, I, similar to Jack, also did not like it the first time I watched it. Actually, I was pretty scared of it that first, especially during like This is Halloween when they're going through all the an- uh, the animals, all the monsters, like that really gives me the creeps. It's kind of like the Are You Afraid of the Dark theme song. Like I still get like a little bit of like that weird like chill down my back when I hear the beginning of it. And it was my little brother's like favorite movie. He loved it and he would watch it like every single night. So I got like immune to it, I guess. And then I watched it in high school and I just really fell in love with Jack and Sally. Like I love them so much. I love their love story. And I'm a Catherine O'Hara stan. So anything yep. she does, and this is pre Moira Rose. Now don't get me wrong, Moira is an absolute icon. 
but just Catherine O'Hara in general, I just, I love her so much. Yeah. And it's such a, it's such a fun relationship that they have. Like, it's just like one of those that you are kind of rooting for throughout the film, this kind of relationship, this love that they're falling in. And it's just a delightful story to be able to follow. And then you get Oogie Boogie in the mix and Santa Claus. It's just, I mean, come on, what's not to like about this film? Uh, Vanessa, your initial thoughts about this. Uh-oh, uh, there's a there's Oops. a face. Oops. It's like I now teed listen. you up. It's like I knew that I was teeing it's you like up you for knew. maybe This movie <laughs> is very scary. I remember watching it as a kid with my brother and just kind of looking at him like, are, we, are you sure? Are you sure we should be watching? This looks, this is a little bit scary. And I so I really haven't watched it much over the years because I am nervous to watch it. I've listened to the soundtrack a whole bunch and I love the soundtrack. It is so good. But on the rewatch, I just found myself like so tense watching it because I'm like, oh, something scary is going to happen. I know it is. I just, oh, so, you know, not my favorite, but if you're into being scared, especially this time of year when it's spooky and it's Halloween, then it's great great movie and i like that you called it a halloween movie craig because even though we're not going to discuss it it is it is a halloween movie it it's is. definitively a halloween movie for halloween the purposes movie. of this hour ish yeah. long podcast and then beyond that people can argue all they want you can scream at your phone right now as you're listening just know that i have said it is definitively a halloween movie come at me okay yeah, uh, and if Brett. you disagree you can come mm. at me <laughs> Okay, there we go. We got two of us here. We're teamed up. Our powers combined. We're like the Captain Planet of podcasts right now. Brett, tell me about this movie. I it is it is Tim Burton's masterpiece. Really, mm-hmm. it is incomparably gorgeous. It is from his imagination and his little doodles. Have you seen those? You know that he creates that the doodles into. Well, I call them. Well, it's, it's the works of art. Even his doodles. And, um, and he created this whole world, which is so scary that someone lives in that world. But still, it is a Tim Burton masterpiece. And I love it for that and the music and the casting. And for so many reasons, I enjoy so much of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so many reasons that we get to talk about now. So let's dive into it and talk a bit about the voice acting that is brought into this film. We actually have two people that are playing Jack. We have a voice of Jack. And then of course we have Danny Elfman, who is going to lend his voice as the singing voice of Jack. So I will let you, uh, Jack, start us off and uh, (laughs) tell me who, who you want, which side of Mr. Skellington would you like to start with? Or you can just talk to them as a pair. I mean, Danny Elfman singing Jack is like my most favorite thing on the planet. Like there's other, like there's the covers, there's Nightmare Revisited and all that kind of stuff. I will always and forever come back to Danny Elfman. I have also a slight obsession with Danny Elfman, so... Oh, I see a theme. That's okay, though. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's fine. It's a safe place for those sort uh. of obsessions. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Danny Elfman will always be my favorite. I like Chris Sarandon, but I much prefer it when Jack is singing than when he's talking. Yeah. You know, I think that this is one of those films where the music is so... I mean, if you're looking at it, it's only an hour and 15 minutes long, the music takes up so much of this film. So it would be a completely different film stripped of any of that music. And I, I think that 
it adds to that ambiance and to that world. I mean, it, without that opening number of This is Halloween, how do you set the tone and the mood for this piece? So I can completely understand what you're saying about Danny Elfman. What do you think, Megan? I also think that Danny Elfman is a god, but the voice acting that, what did you say his name was? I'm sorry. Chris, Chris Sarandon. Sarandon. Is incredible. Just the, the nuances and some of the things that he says I just, I've always fallen in love with the, like the cadence of the way that Jack speaks. Absolutely. It's, it's one of those, like, uh, it's a very iconic form of speech pattern and mm-hmm. just so clearly the skeleton King, Brett, it looks like you're going to explode in your zoom box there. Are you laughing no, at me? The, no, you just said iconic again. <laughs> so I'm like, like <laughs> you just do that. I'm like, like I've we need to have I, a drinking game about iconic, but I'll just I, have a, I'll have a swig of Mountain Dew because it's past nine and I need this. You know what it was <laughs> sitting there next to Jeremy Geckner so long. And he uses that word, every other word. And now hosting a show with him as well, going back to that, I think he's just permeating my psyche here, but absolutely. Vanessa, Talk to us about Jack uh, and the character, and is it Jack that scares you? Let's break this down, Vanessa. Let's try to no. uh, alleviate some <laughs> of your fears as we well, move forward he's, here. Well, okay, Jack is very tall, and I, I am a little scared of tall people, as oh, I'm not comes, one of when them. When he comes out of that uh, well I don't or like whatever that. it is. I don't. And this is Halloween? Yes, the, that well, I, I don't like that at all. He's, he's got a flaming too head. Too tall, too tall. But... Danny Elfman. I mean, the voice acting sure with Jack is very, very good. I agree that I kind of love him more singing. And that's because to me, Danny Elfman gives us a masterclass in how to not only voice act, but sing without just singing to be beautiful sounding. I think so many times, like, so if, if you're training at all to be a vocalist, you're trained to sound good. But that's not always what the song calls for. It also calls for acting. And to me, some of the best performers out there are not necessarily the best vocalists, but they're the best performers because they can act out the song. And this is just a perfect example of that. I mean, and and the way he kind of elongates his vowels and really puts good diction on it. You know, Pumpkin King. Right. Yeah, I would like to hear Brett sing it because he has very good teas. If you listen to this podcast, tees. he has very good teas. I work on my teas. I practice it's, my teas daily. It's all that very, testosterone. Very it's all that tea that he <laughs> has. Oh, Craig, I don't think you want to go there. I'm like going because, yeah. I mean, it's uh, after I, nine. I, it's after nine. You don't know what could happen. If this were a video, if yeah. this were a video podcast, you can you you contrast my testosterone level in my beard with your testosterone level in your beard. So I don't think Ooh. you even want to go there. Ooh, threw okay? it down. I'm like going, sorry, not that you know. And this is inappropriate for a, a a wonderful conversation. So how dare you bring that testosterone level? See, I um, I, I has testosterone just... become my new heroic. There's going to have to be a whole podcast of Brett after nine o'clock because, oh, I let it go in a different way. Go ahead. Anyway, Brett, I'm sorry. You had a question? I didn't have any question at all. I was just giving, I was paying you a compliment and then you took it the wrong way. I don't understand what you're doing over here, Brett. It's just, you're so mean to me sometimes. I think I better run over to Megan and ask her about, uh, talk to us about Sally as a character here in Catherine O'Hara. So Sally, what I love about this setup is Sally is 
sort of set up in a way that she could be kind of like a, a damsel in distress, but she completely takes hold and is more of an independent character. And I really appreciate that about Sally. And I appreciate the arc that she's given through this, even though it is a shorter film. But Megan, what are your thoughts? Sally is a baddie, first of all. She will literally rip off her arm to get away from whoever she needs to get away from. And I She's think that that's epic. She tries to poison people <laughs> like it's yeah. no, no joke. Oh, also, I have the Deadly Nightshade bug that has the spoon that has the holes in it from Shop Disney because it was very important <laughs> that I own it. So, But I just, I love her. I love that she is like, she's like silent but deadly. Because she comes off like this very meek, like sweet girl, but she, she'll get you. She will get you. Absolutely. Vanessa, is it Sally that scares you? Okay. The scientist does very much scare me. Oh my me. gosh. And, and there's, oh. every time he well, comes in, there's you. music. Oh, oh, it just creeps yes. me out. I, I, I hate those scenes. Like I really, really hate it. I'm so glad he found someone. At Talk about end. iconic voice. Uh, okay, iconic Brett. Talk about I'm like, iconic yes. voices. Talk Just about uh, people throughout Hollywood and that voice of the evil scientist. It's so great. Um, William Hickey did such a great job in that role. Really enjoyed that. And yeah, he is really super creepy for sure. But oh, any thoughts? Stockholm uh, syndrome to a whole nother level, doesn't it? Sorry. Yeah, am I it does. The wrong reference. Anyway, I think okay. It, no, that's a perfect reference. I I uh, am so glad that you're part of this podcast, Brett. It makes Thank me just you. So, I love you so much too. So Brett. thrilled. Oh yes, <laughs> Vanessa. Any other thoughts on Sally and Catherine O'Hara in this role? No. That's okay. It. She's good. Right. She's, She's good. good. That's, that's I'm, I, I just tried to block that part out because it freaks me out is all. Mm -hmm. Do you like it because it's good? I like it because it's good. Awesome. And Brandon can co-sign on that. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are revisiting uh, call back to our, our call back to our nominations episode. This is great. Um, oh, we are, we are, we are right there. Brett, how about you talk to me a bit about Sally? Oh, well, you know, uh, the creepy hostage person, that aside, no, the love story is so epic. It's just, and the ending, well, spoiler alert. Anyway, and uh, I just love that. And, and it's Catherine O'Hara again. I am a huge fan too of all of her work. She is brilliant and she's Canadian. So that makes her nice too. Mm -hmm. She's just, she's, she's really good at a lot of things, except man, she's really bad about counting her children and making sure before they go on trips that all of her kids are with her. I, I just can't get I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with that. You want to see not... her sing Dale. Boy, yeah. she good at that banana what? boat no, song. No, she's part of, I was going to say, I, I, I'm not familiar with that show, but I believe it's part of our family now. So we are part of the Home Alone thing is, yes, I am now familiar with her work in that movie now, because that is part of uh, the culture that is Disney and all of its um, subsidiaries. It's, it's, subsidiaries. I love that. <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy that you you seem to not uh, favor any media not owned by Disney at all. You are correct. Uh, let's go to, now we just had this gentleman on as a guest and hopefully you all enjoyed that conversation. But the only other character I really want to dive into, unless anyone's just 
really wanting to get into somebody else. I want to talk about Mr. Oogie Boogie, Mr. Ken Page. He does such a fabulous job of being our villain, but also like, I kind of want to hang out with Oogie Boogie guys. Like he just seems like he's so much fun, yes. uh, right? Jacqueline, yeah. I, I love Oogie Boogie with my entire heart, you guys. Oogie is Jacqueline's number one. <laughs> I love Oogie Boogie so much. Are you, so like talk about creepy. There are a few creepy moments in this. I'll give Vanessa that. Uh, yeah. One of them being that he's full of bugs. Like he's that, literally a bag of bugs. He's just a bag <laughs> of bugs. A bag of bugs. It's so great though. And just the end when it just like, you pull one thread and it's just, he's gone. All the bugs are gone. <laughs> he's, he, oh, he has a very- <laughs> Uh, he does yeah. have like a Achilles heel as a uh, as villain for sure. Yeah. But what about Ken Page's performance? Did you enjoy in the character? My favorite thing is just immediately just the well, well, well. I can't <laughs> get over it. I yes. hear it every time, and I'm just like, yeah. gives you life. Yeah, I'm like, all right, it's Oogie Boogie time. <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I could just see you like, cause I'm the boogeyman. Like you yeah. just like rocking out. And then I her like, that I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fab- fabulous. Uh, Megan, have you witnessed this? Like, does she start dancing while she's watching this, or or what? I've never actually seen her wash it, but I have been around when Oogie Boogie has has come up. Also, she has you know chased down popcorn buckets and <laughs> is already planning that we're going to Oogie Bash and- next year. And Oogie is her yeah. just. May I, one, one moment, one moment. Oh. If Vanessa's yes. going to show something now, I have to, too. Oh, okay. Well, well for is, our audio podcast, this is a great we will show give, and tell for our audio podcast. We will podcast. give you a description of what yeah. is about to happen. Mm-hmm. Vanessa has returned I, to our audio-only podcast. I just want podcast. to show Jacqueline the autographed Ken Page <laughs> Oogie Boogie <laughs> dancing, dancing Oogie Boogie. <laughs> I'm going to throw up. That's amazing. But, but the thing with this toy, though, is it doesn't sing his song. It, it plays This Is Halloween. Isn't that so wrong? That's awful. Anyway, I just so had to have this popcorn bucket. Oh, oh, the popcorn bucket. I love bucket. it. I had an oogie boogie popcorn um, bucket. So and a cookie that jar that I got you for Christmas yeah. last year. I also oh, have a cookie wow. jar. I also have a miniature oogie boogie that sits on top of my Christmas tree because Jack Skellington dressed as Santa is my tree topper. Well, Jacqueline, I'll let That's you know. That's a whole Vanessa's- nother level. I enjoy that. Vanessa's address <laughs> is, we'll edit that from the podcast. Uh, that way you don't have to... You, we don't have to get that out there, but you can come in the middle of the night. You know that she's already scared of things. That's just true. come in, I'll just dress sheet up over as your Jack head. I want, I'm spooky. I, I need oogie boogie. And then you just run. That's I'll what I would do. I'll just put stilts on and make myself taller. And it'll oh, be oh that's, that's a way to get me. I, I hate those people walking around on stilts. They freak me out. They're too tall. Oh, tall My people goodness. are the worst. Vanessa, talk to us about oogie boogie terrified me as a child like just when that part came up as a kid I was like I can't watch but I will say like that song slams as an adult I love that song it is so good Ken Page is awesome you are so right Jacqueline well 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 that's you know it's going to be good he is so good in that and I just 
I love it. I love. I love. I, 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 I love, love how much he dogs Santa Claus in that song because, <gasps> like, because we all you know grew up with like this very wholesome image of Santa Claus, and like to have this villain guy. I think that's why he's so likable as a Disney villain because it's just like it's so funny him like breaking down Santa Claus right in front of us. Like, oh yeah, you're not you're not that you're not cool. Like, what are you doing, Santa? Uh, it's just great, Brett. Any thoughts on Oogie Boogie and Ken Page? He's awesome. The performance is iconic. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get you, Rutherford. One of these days, <laughs> I'm going to get you. So the next thing I want to talk about is really the painstaking way that this was shot and the, the way that the claymation had to be moved, the ways that the production design had to be done. This really is like walking into Tim Burton's mind in a way, and it's executed in such a way that I think is fairly unparalleled in terms of the way that this animation style has been done ever since, really even, and these models that you have. I don't know if any of you have had the chance to check out the Nightmare Before Christmas prop culture episode on Disney+, Plus, but it is a must-watch. Seriously, if you have not, if you missed that somehow go back i think i missed it you didn't I'll see that, watch one? that right now <laughs> just kidding it's <laughs> well, on my lost list. brett now for a little bit but no go check it out because it's so cool to see these models and he's gets great information from danny elfman about how the production went as well i can't recommend it enough but this production design uh clearly it is Maybe one of the reasons why this is such a memorable piece and these characters have become so beloved in all of Disney fandom. Jacqueline, talk to us about the production design and sort of that world that Tim Burton was able to build. I just think it's so freaking cool that like they literally built the whole thing and then every, they just, it moves and I just... I love it so much. I'm just going to keep saying that. That is okay. I have nothing else to say. Your love is iconic. (laughs) How about you, Brett? You're my production design guy. Talk to me about this. I was trying to find, there was like, what, a hundred and so many thousand frames. And so there is that much detail and that much movement. I was reading how many Jack Skellington heads there were, and there was like over a hundred or something. And all of that stuff was, um, they sold that shortly after the production was over. So, you know, so you can, I don't know, check eBay. You might be able to get yourself a Jack Skellington head. You know, that's so funny because I was wondering that too, because you're right. There were, there were hundreds of puppets to make this, not to mention all the sound stages that just were filled with all these really miniature sets. And I, I was wondering, what the heck did they do with all that? Because, because it's so iconic. How could they let it go to eat. I just wanted to say it once, just once, Do, but you know, it's cool. Semi-serious question here, ladies. Are you looking for a new co-host? Uh, because I, I may just, you know, I may just jump ship on these guys. Well, 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 we, <laughs> this is, this has been their plan all along. They're going to pass me off on you all. So sorry about that. No, we um, wouldn't do that. We love you too much. Well, because I like Megan a lot. Well, okay, Vanessa, you're raising your I, hand. I was just yes. going to say, and I, I think it's very cool that when they were building these sets that, you know, I think because we're just so used to, okay, point and shoot camera, even if it's like a multi-cam situation, like we don't think it, it's going to be that hard to make a movie. And so when it takes three years, cause they have to move everything so 
tiny and and to do that they have to be able to get the puppets so the sets they all the puppets had to be placed within two feet because that's an arm's length away but then on top of it some of the sets are so big that they had to build trap doors to get into the middle to adjust i just think that's so genius it's just mm-hmm. really innovative Absolutely. how they I mean, maybe it's not innovative maybe, maybe some puppeteer who's or claymation expert is like no they've been doing that for years but to me i was like wow yeah great point i never would have thought of that and that was very cool to learn about and, and then i mean when you're watching the movie you have no idea that that's a tiny little set it looks it looks so yeah. big it's it's great this takes nothing away from computer aided designers and people that do computer media, but in an age where we are so used to seeing 3D graphics and everything being generated that way, it is so cool to see something that's crafted by hand in this way and see how it articulates and see how you can change expressions and how all that comes together. It really is mind blowing to me. Like I just, I could read about it all day long, but I don't think I'm ever going to be able to understand how you bring this world and this film to life in in such a, a beautiful way. And I think that something else that goes into this now, Megan, did you have any comments or any additions on the production design, I guess, because I really want to jump into the music here and talk a bit about that as well. I just want to talk a little bit about the color palettes because I I am a designer and so the color palettes for this movie are so iconic especially when you're going from the desaturation of Halloween Town to the like mm-hmm. full blown like oversaturation of Christmas Town. And I just I think that that really really adds to the whole like atmosphere of the movie. But also I want to talk about the fact that how every time you see a dress of Sally's out in like in the parks or like in stores to buy that it's always like super saturated and it really bothers me because I feel like it should be the desaturated one from the movie. Yeah. And it's always like super bright colored, like even like Disney one at the park. I'm like, come on, Disney, you know that that's not what it looks like. like <laughs> that's so a great point. Feel like that that point needs to be made. Such an eye. <laughs> totally. So quick poll, because you brought it up, the differences between Halloween Town and Christmas Town. How many on this show? Now, again, this is great for an audio medium. So go ahead and raise your hand. How many of us would like to live in Halloween Town? Uh, let's see. Zero. Zero people. How about Christmas Town? Wait, there's some, there's some non-votes here from Vanessa Wait. and Brett. What are you I'm happy where I am. Thank you. like real world, Craig. In the Wait. real world Jacqueline's really try oh you have a question a clarifying question can I live in Oogie Boogie's lair instead <laughs> sure <laughs> that is in Halloween town so I think you'd have to live in Halloween town right I retract my vote I, I would like to live in Thanksgiving town where they eat all the time yes you know, that's where that's I want to live I'd say oh, wait. That, that was my other question was we get into this forest right and there's all these other doors that aren't explored out of all those doors what other land or holiday land would you have liked to see the most? For St. me, Patrick's. It's St. Patrick's Day. Isn't St. That, Patrick's. Isn't that you like know the most? They should open all, that door and they'd be like cheering. <laughs> first of all, it would be it would be an outrageous party. Uh, it would yes. probably be full of so many stereotypes that I would oh, be yeah. okay with. Uh, yeah. But you know, like it would. Well, we're like, Irish. I, I just feel like this. I, I just feel like it would just be a, a huge party, right? Like, where is the sequel where Jack goes to? St. Patrick's Day, and then, you know, just gets blackout drunk. Yes, uh huh. Yeah. That, yeah. 
Yeah, well, um, or Valentine's remember Day. Remember, we're staying on brand. We're staying on brand. Right. So that's why he doesn't. Brett go didn't, to doesn't want me to say Day. blackout drunk with joy. He's overwhelmed and he passes out. He's overwhelmed. That's well, it. That, oh, He's gosh, overwhelmed with totally sober joy and gold coin beverages. I don't know. Um, but no, I, I, I do. I love everything about this production design. I absolutely love how it just immediately puts you in the atmosphere that it's trying to, it brings you into this movie so quickly. You're uh, just dropped right into this land, literally from the beginning of the film. And I absolutely love that. The other thing, and I mentioned it earlier, but I think the other connective tissue for this film is definitely the music because there are so many, you mentioned it, Vanessa, Oogie Boogie song is so great, but there are so many amazing songs in here. Even like a song like Jack's Lament that is so something that is I more of like song. a ballad. It's just, it's just so well done. And like, again, I'm not going to use that I word, but you know what it is. I'll go ahead. You know, you well, want to, when he's it's walking, iconic. When, when he's, thank you. When he's walking, <laughs> when he's walking in the graveyard and the, whatever the hill or whatever the heck yeah. that thing is in the moon. Oh, it's just so amazing. And then you go into what's this, another incredible song about like discovering mm -hmm. Christmas in the middle of all of this. So to talk to me about the music, because that, to me, that is almost as important, if not even more important than the production design. And I'm going to go to uh, Brett first because I haven't been going to him first and I'm always really nice to Brett. Well, thank you so much, Craig. Thank you for thinking about me. Well, this is Halloween is just like the perfect song. And what's great as Disney park enthusiasts, when you go to Disney park at the Halloween time of year, there are opportunities to hear all of this wonderful music in the background music. And it just puts you in the mood and, and uh, this is Halloween is kind of my favorite. And then of course, Sally's song. Oh, is just, Oh, just touches my heart. Yes, Craig, I have a heart. I know you have a very big heart. You're so loving and kind all the time, Brett. Yes. Uh, Don't Vanessa. Oh, Craig, Craig, not talk angry. to me about the music again. I know you already mentioned that you, when you go and work out, you're listening to Oogie Boogie, right? But I do. What about what about other songs or the music or the score? What is it about the 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 songs of this film or the music? Well, this is Halloween again. Just a wonderful exercise in voice acting because each character is so distinct and it's done so well. When they perform this at the Hollywood Bowl. I am just, when I watch it, no, I wasn't there, but when I watch it on YouTube, I'm itching to perform this. Like I, I'm, I'm literally like trying to think of a way that I could convince my local symphony to perform the music and then have some local actors act out the music. Cause it really takes act. I mean, they have to be able to sing and hold a pitch, but they have to act out these characters and be authentic to them. And I just am dying to do it. I would love to do that because that song is that good. I would and like to be a part of that. Yeah. Jacqueline <laughs> yes, and I are too. doing it. And I without do it that song. Yeah. Yeah, Brett's coming in. Without that song opening this movie, I don't think this movie would be as memorable without that opening. So it would be memorable, but that is such a huge opener and it's so terrific. I'm not sure what this movie would be like without it. 
to be I wonder honest. what I wonder what the influence, and this is something I'm just putting together in my head now. So go with me here. I wonder what the influence oh would be with of Beauty and the Beast on this, because Belle is, of course, kind of that first song that we ever have in a Disney film that really opens us up in kind of a Broadway style. And that's how they introduce us to this, this small provincial town that Belle is trying to escape from. And then this comes out a year later and immediately, like, again, sets that atmosphere is basically a Broadway show number, right? This could easily open a theatrical version of this and yeah. it just allows for that to drop you right into it. So Jacqueline, what about you on the music here? Do I have, am I, am I thinking it like, it, does this have some Mankin and Ashman in it as well as some Elfman? What do you think? I do love it so much you know that i love oogie boogie i love this is halloween i said this actually in megan and i's episode that just came out about how when i used to work at disney we would play this is halloween <laughs> in the kitchen of the candy cauldron and we would just like stop everything we're doing and just like dance all over the kitchen people thought it was hilarious when that we were like fun. leaving and there were no guests we were like not in costume during like cartwheels down the back because we're just like this is out freaking out it's the best I also really 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 love Jack's Lament I love it so much because it is like Vanessa said earlier like it's good because of the like voice acting that happens in the singing mm -hmm. like it's so different there's so many different voices and that kind of stuff that go along like into the whole story and I love it so much. I love all of it. It's but more of a monologue than a song. Exactly. Yes. And that's like how, like all of these songs, you can play them all and have no idea what the movie looks like or sound anything like that. And you know the story, you know, you have it, like you got it, you're good. Which fun fact, that's essentially how the music was created was Tim Burton sat down with Danny Elfman mm -hmm. and Danny was like, hey, tell me what this next scene, let's just do it scene by scene. Yeah. And then so Tim would tell him the scene and then Danny would go and write for three days and come back. Tim, this is the song. Yep, sounds good. And then they move yeah. on to the next scene. So you're so right that the the soundtrack in itself is you can get the the gist of the story without actually having to watch the movie, especially if it's too scary for you. Wow, that's <laughs> a really good behind the scenes, Vanessa. I'm impressed. That's Thank brilliant. you. I'm, I'm so Brandon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Brandon's rubbing that. off. Yes. We all do try to live up to Brandon. Um, mm -hmm. Most of us fail. So he's, it's funny because Brandon is one of our most avid listeners. So right now he's in his car or wherever driving to, to work. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, he's got like that Brandon yeah. laugh going no, on. He's going, right it's after nine o'clock. Oh my gosh. What are they going to say? <laughs> uh, listen to classics though folks truly brandon does such a great job on front row classics mm -hmm. they just covered the wolfman and it was a fantastic episode so go and check those out for sure megan we didn't get a chance to ask you about any of your favorite songs or music anything that you would like to add to the conversation well of course i love the class like the like ones that are rainbows you know what's this jack's lament this is halloween sally's sally's song is my favorite from the entire movie but Kidnap the Sandy Claws is a sleeper hit. And that's the one I always walk away singing. 
<laughs> oh gosh it, yes. it's so great uh, just everything about it everything about the music in this film uh everything about the production design it's so wonderful but we do try to be um you know because we are serious film critics here we need to come up with something that maybe didn't quite work for us in the film and i know that that might be kind of difficult for maybe our guests so i'm going to go ahead and start with our jaded beyond the mouse crew here and go to vanessa first what is it that didn't work for you in this film? This movie is too scary. That, too oh, when there is, it's not even spooky, okay? I like spooky. This movie freaked me out. When they're putting those toys and the toys start attacking the children. Oh, I can't, I cannot, I cannot watch that part of the movie. That's the part where it's like, you know, in a Christmas carol where Gonzo and, and Rizzo, they're like, oh, this is too scary for us kids. We'll see you at the end. That's me. I check out during that part. I'm like, cool, checked out, come back at you at the ending when it starts snowing over Halloween town. That I can't do it. It's, uh, I'm glad you all love it. I'm glad people love it, but it is a bit too scary. It's a bit too scary for me. You know, I and I, I think that I would say that if there is something that didn't work for me, and this is going to be weird, but it's when Jack is actually Santa, Sandy Claus, because like when he's going and delivering the gifts and stuff like that, that's kind of like the, the and again, this is an hour and 15 minute film, but for whatever reason, that scene drags for me. Um, I, I feel like of course you need to have that scene happen, but I'm like, oh man, let's get back to Oogie Boogie and let's get back to Santa Claus. Let's get back to Sally. So if I had a critique of the film, something to do with that particular scene might've, I don't know, might've used some more something to make it move quicker for me. But Brett, any thoughts on what you didn't particularly care for? Well, actually there's, this doesn't really speak well of the film but if you ever need to if you ever have a problem falling asleep there have been a number of times when this film has been on just like during the halloween period like um, on freeform or whatever that it runs continuously or something like that i generally will you know fall asleep very shortly after what's this so um that's doesn't really speak to the film and it's certainly not on the first viewing but i this put this film does put me to sleep really I don't know. That's, that's, that yeah. is that's interesting to me because there is so i don't know many, it's the music um, or something bombastic I don't know. moments yeah i don't know i don't know so that's when it it, it doesn't work for me when i want to stay awake yes and uh <laughs> we do know uh we, we do know that you have some odd sleeping patterns there but uh, i get a lot of work done at three o'clock in the morning and we are grateful for that so megan i'm gonna go to you next because again i don't know if jacqueline's gonna have an answer for me yet so <laughs> megan is there something in this film that doesn't quite work for you i wish there was more sally i feel like mm -hmm. they build her up like she is a secondary lead and i don't feel like we get enough of her to categorize her as that. So I would add in more Sally. Plus she's my favorite part, so. More Hashtag more Hera. Mm -hmm. Hashtag justice mm -hmm. for Sally, for sure. Jacqueline, your thoughts? All right, so I did have a thought and it's a total cop out, but there is not nearly enough Oogie Boogie. <laughs> okay, I like There's it. There's not, cause like they taught, they sing Kidnap the Santa Claus and they're like, oh, you gotta go like Lock, Shock, a Barrel, they're that, whatever. But you get his song, and then the end happens and then that's it. 
And maybe that's because like, maybe that's where you and I should have rewritten some of the script because like yeah. clearly when, when they're going through and they're, they're delivering all these presents, like that's when we could get like, what's Okie Pokey doing? Cause that's yeah. more interesting to me. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. I can totally see where you're coming from there. Just give me the whole um, movie from Ogie's perspective and we're golden. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we're going to kind of start going into our final thoughts and start to wrap this up a little bit. And it's been really fun visiting Nightmare Before Christmas and the Halloween town that it presents to us. But any final thoughts that you have on the film, Megan? I just want to say one thing, and it was something that I noticed when I was watching it this last time I watched it last Saturday with my seven month old for the first time, actually. Well, I watched it. She watched like five minutes of it and fell asleep. But it was that when Sally is- So you, is, your child is Brett? Is, <laughs> Brett shares the same patterns of Brett. <laughs> Brett is, you're, you're so far developed for a seven-month-old, Brett. Thank you, again, for your loads of compliments. Thank you. So um, when Sally is sewing her arm back on, like when the professor comes to get her, she's using blue thread which I just learned from reading the Practical Magic series, which we're reading for our show. But then I did some more research on it and like Blue Thread specifically has like healing properties, but also protective properties. So I thought that was a really interesting like production detail that they put in that you really wouldn't catch unless you knew it, but there's just kind of like something slid in there. That's really cool. Very cool. Layers and layers and layers. And I bet bet, um, Tim Burton thought of that too. Mm-hmm. We're going to have blue thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brett, Brett, since you are talking anyway, would you like to uh, give me your <laughs> wrap up? Of the film? I think I'm done. Thanks. It's great. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm never, I'm never like this before nine o'clock. I'm very, very, very well behaved. So, you know, so I blame the hour. Vanessa. And Craig. Well, it has been wonderful to get all these great perspectives on the show today. And I will say that my biggest takeaway from this movie, although it is a bit too scary for me, Halloween time would not be Halloween time without this soundtrack to listen to. So if nothing else, you have to listen to this soundtrack. Yes, absolutely. Jacqueline, final thoughts on this film? Really, I'm just going to piggyback off of Vanessa's and say you should listen to the soundtrack. You should also listen to Nightmare Revisited because there are a lot of those songs that are really, really good. Like some of the bands are not necessarily my type of bands, but they're still really, really, really good covers. And I love them a lot. So it's on Spotify. You can find like, it's got a really pretty purple cover too. (laughs) You want an Apple Sing Sally song? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't even know about this. This is wow. awesome. It's, it's super cool. The All-American Rejects sing Jackson Land. Yeah. Nice. Wow, yeah. look at that. Okay, I well, I'm going to check this out Apple. for sure. This yeah. is wonderful. Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for that uh, uh, that recommendation. What I will say uh, as kind of a, a final wrap-up is that I love it when uh, we get new advancements in filmmaking and in the way that it's done. And obviously claymation had been done prior to this, but to me, Tim Burton really perfected this way of building these models and these puppets and bringing this whole village and this whole town to life. And actually uh, this today, this is kind of tangential, but go with me here. I have been using an Oculus for the last few months because I really decided 
that I wanted to get into VR gaming. And there is this story called Paper Birds, and it's a VR movie that is very Tim Burton-esque in how it's done. And it was like cool because it connected with me to Nightmare Before Christmas, because I feel like this is such a, a neat new technology, kind of being able to be immersed in the storytelling, literally. And I don't know... There's so there's so much a through line between what Nightmare Before Christmas was able to accomplish and then something that I'm experiencing in 2021. And you can see that line so clearly. I don't know if that what I what I saw today in this wonderful new technology, if that kind of art would have been created, if not inspired by what Tim Burton gave us back in 1993. And so I do think that this is his masterpiece. And to me, this is something that will continue to live on for well beyond any of us, truly. I mean, I think that this is something that people are going to be revisiting for Halloween's to come into uh, forever. And so I, I don't know that you can say much more about the film than that and more great words about the film than that. So it's been really fun chatting with the two of you for sure. Yeah. So like Thank this pod you. is wonderful. And Megan, Thanks. the, the um, artwork that you do for the podcast is phenomenal. She's uh, so talented. <laughs> yeah. And Jacqueline, you know, everything that you're bringing to the show is really, really great. And it's like, it's just, it's just such a good chemistry and a good mix between the two of you. And I love listening to your episodes. So can you tell our audience where to go find you? And then also specifically, which episode I was on so they can just go back and listen to me again. <laughs> Clearly. They need to not listen to that one because you make us sound like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I actually, it's really funny because uh, that episode in particular, I'm like, I'm going to do Brandon level research so I can bring, <laughs> I can make sure I bring something to the table. Cause usually if you notice this episode, Vanessa's the one that's like, oh, I have all these behind the scenes facts. And then Brett is like, oh, let me tell you about production design because I'm a designer. And then I'm the one over here that's like, the music is good. So that's that's my contribution. <laughs> to I usually have more. the random bits of trivia that nobody ever cares about. So. <laughs> I care. I care, Jacqueline. Megan cares. <laughs> tell us, where, all that matters. Can, where can they find you? Where can they listen to you and what you have coming up? So we are available on anywhere you listen to podcasts we're everywhere um we are on facebook at like this pod we are on instagram at like this pod we are on twitter at like this underscore pod but we do not post on twitter very often and we are recently on tiktok yeah which Woo! we are both yeah, obsessed with yeah. are <laughs> we you, are youths well jacqueline's a youth <laughs> <laughs> you. all right you're ticking and talking that's good for you oh, yeah. I, yeah i appreciate yeah. that what are you guys covering right now we are covering spooky things for october spooky. Uh, literally that's how i said spooky i was like spooky. <laughs> <It is. laughs> if you listen to today's episode <laughs> yeah i haven't gotten to it yet uh, oh yeah but i'm excited to get to listen to it so what do you have coming up in november we have a bunch of random things in November. We have some listeners choice things. We have a fun like Thanksgiving thing that we're doing and we might okay. also be attempting to be athletic at some point. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out what, how that goes. Well, good. Go with that. TBD. 
Yeah. I just really enjoy the charisma and the chemistry and everything that you bring to your show. I can't recommend it enough to our listeners. As far as Beyond the Mouse, if you like this pod and you're coming over and listening to us for the first time, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. And then also you can so find us on social media. You can find us at Beyond the Mouse Pod on Instagram, Beyond Mouse on Twitter. Also on Facebook, we have Beyond the Mouse Podcast and also Beyond the Mouse Podcast pals, which all five of us are in that group. So you can definitely chat to us all things Nightmare Before Christmas. And certainly if you wanted to uh, debate and say why I'm correct in this being definitively a Halloween movie and not at all a Christmas movie, that is something that could happen in that Beyond the Mouse podcast pals group. Brett, any final thoughts before we close this thing out? This has been a joy. Thank you. And we, yes. So thank you all. Mm Mm-hmm. It has been a joy, hasn't it? It's been uh, really nice getting you ladies on the podcast. Uh, it's been a long time coming and we're really happy that you're able to join us for such a fun film. Vanessa, any final words of wisdom? I'm with you, Craig. I'm so excited to have other ladies on the show. I got two today and you've just been wonderful and, and shared so many great things about the movies that you love. So thank you for balancing out my fear of the movie. I very much appreciate it. And we'll have to have you on again some other time. Thanks so much for having us. Like, we love you guys, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This has yeah. been a lot of fun. Even after like, nine o'clock, thank you. Even after yeah. nine o'clock, Brett. <laughs> even after nine. <laughs> so you know what's and great? we we'll have, have Vanessa uh, on our show. Yes. yes. Right. Woo, yeah. we're, it's, there's just going to be an explosion in central Illinois, and you'll know that the yeah. three of us got together and recorded something. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, So I will say that next week, you might be missing two of your normal co-hosts as Brett is going to take the reins all by himself. Oh, my gosh. The the little boy is growing wings and he's going to fly the coop and he's going to host his own episode. I don't know. I mixed my metaphors real bad there. Uh, Brett, tell him what you're talking about next week. So excited because, well, the month of October is all about the spookiness. I'm trying. Anyway, the spookiness. But it's also, especially this year, it is Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. And I had, yeah, I had another opportunity to go. And I'm bringing some friends, friends to the podcast and new friends to Beyond the Mouse. And we are going to talk about everything Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary, especially from the perspective from those who were there on October 1st, 2021. And yeah, so it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. And we have, you know, yeah, we have, you'll, you'll love the guests and I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm really excited to listen to it because uh, it'll be one of the first that in a long time that I'm not on. So it'll be kind of fun to hear it uh, real time along with our listeners and break a leg, buddy. This will be a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm excited. I mean, I have big shoes to to fill, so I'm going to be, you know, I'll do my best. Vacation Brett is the best Brett. And for those who don't know, Brett is so good at making friends wherever he goes. I mean, truly, he has international friends. I did another Canadian. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yes. You're Canadian. so good my at Canadian it. Canadian friend, new friend, Melissa. I cannot wait and to Brittany, hear your episode. Who is a, a local um, friend and big Disney I love fan. Brittany. And then also we have a big fat panda, 
known as John. He's also John. Yay. So John, Love so we John. even have, you know, like a YouTube celebrity who was there for all of the press event and we're going to get all of that scoop. So now, now, you know, now you're going to listen, right? It's yeah. so funny because you, you teased the guests and then you were just too excited. So did you just, I am it, so. too excited. Well, it's so exciting. The hour yes. is nigh. It is time for, it's far past Brett's bedtime. So we are going to get going here, but it's just been wonderful covering Nightmare Before Christmas with you and being part of MonsterCast with the Front Row Network. Uh, it's just been so great getting to be part of that. And we can't wait to tell you about what we have coming up in November. Some really, really fun and cool interviews in November. Be part of our Beyond the Mouse podcast pals to be the first to know who we are getting to talk to in the month of November. So for Beyond the Mouse, I am Craig. I'm Vanessa. I'm Brett. I'm Megan. And I'm Jacqueline. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Maybe from Oogie Boogie's Lair? Yeah. You think, you think it's in St. Louis with Ken Page? Mm-hmm. No, definitely before 9 o'clock. You get out of here with your 9 o'clock <laughs> nonsense. <laughs>